नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नारायण नमस्कृत नरम चरोत्तम देवी सरस्वती व्यास तथो जय मुदीरयत नष्टप्रायशभद्रेशु निगवत सेवया भगवती उत्तम श्लोक भक्तिर्भवती नैष्टिकीडिंग फ्रॉम श्रीमद्भागवत कैंटो सिक्स चैप्टर वन चैप्टर वन इज एन टाइटल द हिस्ट्री ऑफ द लाइफ ऑफ अ जामिला टेक्स्ट नंबर थर्टी निशम्य निशम्य मुखतो मुखतो कीर्तनम 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 नाम महाराज भर्तुर्नाम महाराज भर्तुर्नाम महाराज पार्षदा सहसा अपतन सॉरी आपतन पार्षदा सहसापतन पार्षदा सहसापतन निशम्य मुखतो हरिकीर्तनम भर्तुर्नाम महाराज पार्षदा सहसापतन निशम्य मुखतो हरिकीर्तनम भर्तुर्नाम महाराज पार्षदा सहसा पतन निशम्य हियरिंग ऑफ द डाइंग मैन मुखतः फ्रॉम द माउथ हरिकीर्तनम चैंटिंग ऑफ द होली नेम ऑफ द सुप्रीम पर्सनैलिटी ऑफ गॉडेड भर्तु नाम द होली नेम ऑफ देर मास्टर महाराज ओ किंग हूज द किंग परीक्षित महाराज पार्षदा द ऑर्डर कैरियर्स ऑफ विष्णु सहसा इमीडिएटली आपतन अराइव्ड ट्रांसलेशन एंड परपोर्ट बाय डिवाइन ग्रेस एसी भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी प्रभात माय डियर किंग द ऑर्डर कैरियर्स ऑफ विष्णु द विष्णु दूतस इमीडिएटली अराइव्ड व्हेन दे हर्ड द होली नेम ऑफ देयर मास्टर from the mouth of the dying ajamila who had certainly chanted without offense because he had chanted in complete anxiety purport by shrila prabhupad shrila vishwanath chakravarti thakur remarks hari kirtanam nishamyapatan katham bhutasya bharturnama bruvatah the order carriers of lord vishnu came because ajamila had chanted the holy name of narayana they did not consider why he was chanting while chanting the name of narayana ajamila was actually thinking of his son but simply because they heard ajamila chanting the lord's name the order carriers of lord vishnu the vishnu dutas immediately came for rajamila's protection hari kirtana is actually meant to glorify the holy name form pastimes and qualities of the lord 
Hajamila, however, did not glorify the form, qualities, or paraphernalia of the Lord. He simply chanted the holy name. Nevertheless, that chanting was sufficient to cleanse him of all sinful activities. As soon as the Vishnu Dutas heard their master's name being chanted, they immediately came. In this regard, Srila Vijayadvaja Tirtha remarks, Anena putrasneham antarena prachina adrishta balad udbhutaya bhaktya bhagavan nama sankirtanam kritam iti jnayate. Ajamila chanted the name of Narayana because of his excessive attachment to his son. Nevertheless, because of his past good fortune in having rendered devotional service to Narayana, he apparently chanted the holy name in full devotional service and without offences. Thus ends the Bhaktivedanta purport. So the previous verse described the arrival of the Yamadutas at the time of death of Ajamila. And uh, it was described that uh, the bodily features of those Yamadutas was very, very fearsome, extremely fearsome. When Ajamila saw those Yamadutas, he became extremely bewildered. And because of his attachment to his child, who was playing a short distance away, Ajamila began to call him loudly by his name. Narayana! He did not call softly. He called loudly. All of you chant loudly, Narayana. It doesn't even match half of my voice. Of course, I've got a microphone. Because I'm chanting alone. Now you don't require a microphone because you're so many number. So loudly once again. Hope somebody doesn't come thinking we are in distress. We want the Vishnu Dutas to come, of course. So, <clears throat> it is the good fortune of Ajamila that he was attached to his son whom he had named Narayana and whom he was also calling Narayana. So at the time of death, becoming, becoming extremely bewildered, he called his son very loudly, calling out his name, Narayana. And uh, with tears in his eyes, somehow, or other, he chanted the holy name of Narayana. Now, the somehow or other he chanted, we discussed in a previous class. Further, that is being explained in this verse, today's verse. Shukadeva Goswami is narrating this incident to Parikshit Maharaj to explain the wonderful glories of chanting the holy name of the Supreme Lord. So, Shukadev Goswami is telling, My dear king, the order carriers of Vishnu, the Vishnu Dutas, immediately arrived when they heard the holy name of their master, Vishnu, from the mouth of the dying Ajamila. Now, something more Srila Prabhupada says in the translation itself. Ajamila had certainly chanted without offense. That's not directly mentioned in the verse. Because he had chanted in complete anxiety. That complete anxiety is mentioned in the previous verse. Plavitena Swarana Swarena Uchaihi. With tearful eyes, Swarena with his voice, Uchaihi, very loudly, Ajuha, Ajuhava, he called, 
akula indriya being full of anxiety full of anxiety because yamadut has arrived so here it is said because he chanted in complete anxiety he had certainly chanted without offense <clears throat> so shrila vishwanath chakravarti thakur remarks as shrila prabhupad quotes here in the purport uh, the order carriers of lord vishnu came because ajamila had chanted the holy name of narayana they did not consider why was he chanting they simply came because he called narayan now it is said here ajamila was certainly thinking of his son when he chanted the name narayana yet the vishnu dutas came to protect him from the yamadutas so it is being said here hari kirtana the chanting of the holy name of the supreme lord hari is actually meant to glorify the holy name form qualities pastimes paraphernalia etc of the supreme lord it is not meant for any other purpose but ajamila did not glorify the form qualities pastimes or paraphernalia of the lord he simply chanted the holy name even without the intent of glorifying the lord even without the intent of calling the lord the intention is to call his son so how can somebody calling out the name of the lord with the intention of calling somebody else attract the attention of the supreme lord and thereby the lord sending his order carriers vishnu dutas his servants so that is explained here <clears throat> that such chanting even when referring to somebody else is sufficient to cleanse the chanter of all sinful activities chanting is effective regardless of what purpose the chanting is done shila vijayad bhaja teertha another acharya vaishnava acharya he says ajamila chanted the name of narayana because of his excessive attachment to his son that is very Uh, clear no doubt about that nevertheless because of his past good fortune in having rendered devotional service to narayana sometime in the past he apparently chanted the holy name in full devotional service and without offenses so the chanting the calling out the name of his son narayana is considered as full devotion chanting the holy name in full devotional service and without offenses because of two things one is that in the past he had rendered devotional service to narayana actual devotional service and second is that he actually chanted the name narayana even though referring to his son he actually chanted so therefore what is the important lesson for us because we are all engaged in chanting or we should be engaged in chanting hari krishna the holy name of the supreme lord so there is a a commentary written by shri la vishwanath chakravarti thakur especially 
regarding this uh, section of the Bhagavatam in quite detail, explaining how can we understand Ajamila's calling out his son's name to be the cause of his complete purification of all sinful reactions and consequently the Vishnudutas arriving at the time of, it, of his death when he called out his son's name. So here it is explained, this is at the end of the second chapter which we are going to study a little later. Uh, Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur gives a, a dialogue. Someone may say, it may be accepted by chanting the holy name of the Lord, one becomes freed from all reactions sinful life. However, if one commits sinful acts in full consciousness, not only once, but many, many times, he is unable to free himself from the reactions of such sins, even after atoning for them for 12 years or more. The general procedure for uh, becoming free from sinful reactions, as mentioned in the scriptures, is to atone for the sinful activities. So it is said here, if one commits sinful acts in full consciousness, that means being aware of what is sin, one deliberately, knowingly commits sin. And not only once, but commits many, many times repeatedly. Then such a person cannot free himself from the sinful reactions of such sinful activities, even after atoning for them for 12 years or more. So it seems like Ajamila could not have counteracted the sinful reactions because he was continuing to do sinful activities even after, you know, not just once doing the mistake, uh, but many, many times. He was living with the prostitute, he was uh, uh, gambling, he was drinking, he was uh, uh, eating food cooked by the sinful woman, he was maintaining a whole family, uh, of uh, uh, children which he uh, uh, got by enjoying sex with the prostitute. Hmm. He gave up his chaste and uh, uh, faithful wife. He gave up his uh, Brahmanical duties, activities. He stopped worshipping the Saligram Shila, the Narayan Shila, which he was doing in the past. So, how could he have become free from the sinful reactions uh, while continuing to sin? Hmm? So, therefore, the question that is raised is, how is it possible then simply by once chanting the holy name of the Lord, one immediately becomes freed from reactions of such sins? So, the uh, answer to this is in the Bhagavatam itself. Uh, there are two verses. The chanting of the holy name of Lord Vishnu is the best process of atonement for a thief of gold or other valuables, for a drunkard, for one who betrays a friend or relative, for one who kills a brahmana, this considered the most sinful activity among all sinful activities, Brahmahatya killer of a brahmana and elsewhere in the Bhagavatam it is described Indra once happened to be uh, uh, happened to kill a brahmana Vishwarupa whom he had uh, appointed as his priest for performing his daily sacrifice and this Vishwarupa uh, somehow should have offered oblations only to the demigods because he was appointed by the king of the demigods, Indra. But he was secretly offering some oblations in the fire, sacrificial fire even to the demons, the Asuras. Because 
this uh, Vishwarupa, he was related to the devatas from his uh, mother's side and to the asuras from his father's side. His father happened to be a descendant of the asuras and his mother happened to be a descendant of the devatas. And it was a marriage between uh, uh, two different uh, communities, somebody descending from two different communities or lineage. So he had some affection for the devatas and he had some affection even for the asuras because of his you know, affection for his father and mother, which is natural. So secretly he would offer some oblations even to the asuras. One day Indra came to know. He became very angry. This fellow, he is appointed by me specifically for offering oblations to the devatas. How can he offer oblations to our enemies? So Indra became very angry. And in a fit of rage, he cut off the head of... Because Indra is very powerful. So immediately, he cut off the head of Vishwarupa and thereby killed him. So then Indra realized what a mistake he has done. He's killed a Brahmana. But the uh, sinful reaction in the form of uh, sin personified did not leave Indra. Indra tried to escape the sinful reaction. But he was not uh, able to free himself from the sinful, sin personified attacking him, not to punish him. So he was trying to escape and he started running away and he went all over the universe. Finally, he got some shelter in uh, one... Uh, uh, filament of a lotus uh, flower in Manasarovar, in a holy place, in a in a pure lake filled with uh, uh, sanctified water. So there he was able to avoid the uh, sin personified, but he had to remain there for many many millions of years performing tapasya. And even after that, he was not freed from the sinful reaction of having killed the Brahmana. So then he had to uh, divide the sinful reaction uh, between four different uh, personalities and in exchange for them agreeing to take those sinful reactions, the part one quarter of the sinful reactions, he had to give them some benediction. And in this way, he was finally freed from that one sinful activity. So, please try to understand, atoning for a sinful reaction is not very easy. Even if somebody does so much tapasya, so much of uh, um, <clears throat> austerity, huh, like Indra did. Of course, the Indra's uh, case was extreme. The most sinful activity of killing a Brahmana. But still, as uh, Srila Vishwana Chakrari Thakur says here, even after uh, uh, atoning for 12 years or more, if one repeatedly sins, one cannot become free from the sinful reaction, even if they are atoning mm, for that specific sinful reaction. But here it is said, the chanting of the holy name of Lord Vishnu is the best process of atonement even for one who kills a Brahmana or one who indulges in sex with the wife of his guru or another superior. It is also the best method of atonement for one who murders women, the king or his father. All these are supposed to be protected according to the Vedic uh, injunctions. Women, old men, children, Brahmanas, cows, uh, are supposed to be protected. But instead of protecting, somebody kills them. Hmm? Then certainly it is very, very, very sinful. But if somebody chants even once the holy name of the Supreme Lord, that's the best process of atonement. It is also 
the best process of atonement for one who slaughters cows and for all other sinful men. There's no need to list all the different kinds of sinful activities. It just says all other sinful activities one is certainly freed from the sinful reactions simply by even once chanting the holy name of the Supreme Lord Vishnu. Simply by chanting the holy name of Lord Vishnu, such sinful persons may attract the attention of the Supreme Lord, who therefore considers, because this man has chanted my holy name, my duty is to give him protection. This is what the Supreme Lord thinks. Most merciful Lord, especially in the form of his holy name, what does he think? If somebody has chanted even once the holy name, the Supreme Lord considers I have to give this person protection because he has just called my name once. So this explains very clearly what is the power of chanting the holy name of the Supreme Lord even once. It can completely destroy even the most grievous sinful activities reaction. It can destroy all sinful reactions completely, wholesale, 100%. One may atone for sinful life and vanquish all sinful reactions by chanting the holy name, although this is not called atonement. It is not called atonement. Atonement means a specific sinful activity has a specific reaction and a specific process of atonement will free you from that sinful reaction for the time being. That's all. So, chanting even once the holy name of the Supreme Lord, uh, one can become free from all sinful reactions, but this is not due to what is called as atonement. This is not atonement. Ordinary atonement may temporarily, why it's not called atonement? Because ordinarily, uh, ordinary atonement may temporarily protect a sinful person, but it does not completely cleanse his heart of the deep-rooted desire to commit sinful acts. This is the point. Atonement does not purify the heart of the tendency or the desire to commit sinful activities. Therefore, atonement is not as powerful as chanting of the holy name of the Lord. So, don't equate chanting of the holy name to atonement. Even though the effect of chanting Hare Krishna or the holy name of the Supreme Lord is that one becomes completely freed from all sinful reactions. In the Shastra, it is said that if a person only once chants the holy name and completely surrenders under the lotus feet of the Lord, the Lord immediately considers him his ward and is always inclined to give him protection. Thus, when Ajamila was in great danger of being carried off by the order carriers of Yamaraj, the Lord immediately sent his personal order carriers to protect him. And because Ajamila was freed from all sinful reactions, the Vishnu Ruta spoke on his behalf. So Ajamila had become free from all sinful reactions because he had chanted the holy name of the Supreme Lord. Now, <clears throat> Ajamila chanted the holy name of the Supreme Lord in calling his son Narayana. So somebody may say he chanted because he loved the boy. He was materially attached to his son. So it is said here, although he was calling for his son, the name itself was powerful because the name Narayana is not different from the Supreme Lord Narayana. Abhinnatvat nama namino. This is what the Padma Purana says. The name of the Supreme Lord and the Lord himself are 100% identical. So because of that, when the Lord's name is chanted, the Lord is fully present 
in 100% fullness. The Supreme Lord, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Bhagavan, with all his opulences, all his potencies, all his strength, all his mercy, everything is fully present when somebody chants the holy name of the Supreme Lord. Now listen to this. This is very important. When Ajamila named his son Narayana, all the reactions of his sinful life are neutralized. Just when he named his son Narayana, all the reactions of his sinful life are completely neutralized. And as he continued calling his son and thus chanting the holy name of Narayana thousands of times, he was actually unconsciously advancing in Krishna consciousness. He was not conscious that while calling his son, he is actually chanting the holy name of the Supreme Lord. Neither he was doing it thinking that, oh, this is very auspicious for me. I can advance in Krishna. He was not even conscious of that. So therefore it is said, when he was continuing to call his son, he was chanting the name Narayana thousands of times and by that he was unconsciously advancing Krishna consciousness. So the argument may be given, since he was constantly chanting the name of Narayana, how was it possible for him to be associating with a prostitute? I mean, after naming his son Narayana, did he give up the association with the prostitute? No. So how could he continue to be doing, I mean, having that association? Why didn't he give up? If he became free from all sinful reactions, when, when he just named his son Narayana. So, it is saying here, that by his sinful actions, he was bringing suffering upon himself again and again. Therefore, one may say that his ultimate chanting of Narayana was the cause of his being freed. Somebody may say, finally at time of death he chanted the name of Narayana. That is the cause of his being freed from all sinful reactions. Not the fact that he named his son Narayana or he was calling his son Narayana again and again and again. However, his chanting then would have been Namaparad. Why? Because Shastra say, Padma Purana says, Namno Balad Yasyahi Papa Buddhihi, one who continues to act sinfully and tries to neutralize his sins by chanting the holy name of the Lord, is a Nama Aparadhi, an offender of the holy name. So, offender of the holy name is not actually eligible for the benefit of chanting the holy name. In terms of attracting the attention of the Supreme Lord personally. Attracting the attention of the Supreme Lord personally when one is committing offenses. In response, it may be said that Ajamila's chanting was inoffensive because he did not chant the name of Narayana with the purpose of counteracting his sins. This is very important to note. Ajamila did not chant for the sake of counteracting his sins. It's very clear. He chanted out of affection for his son. What we may think is an objection to considering his chanting as pure actually becomes the very cause for his chanting to become pure. His attachment to his son was a cause of his chanting repeatedly after naming his son Narayana. So that itself became the cause for him to advance unconsciously in Krishna consciousness. That became the cause. And that also was the cause for him not to chant for the sake of counteracting his sinful activities. He was not chanting because he wanted to counteract his sin or sinful reactions. He was chanting out of affection for his son. 
Thus he did not commit a Nama Paradha and his repeated chanting of the holy name of Narayana while calling his son may be called pure chanting. Because of this pure chanting, Ajamila unconsciously accumulated, accumulated the results of bhakti. Indeed, even his first utterance of the holy name was sufficient to nullify all the sinful reactions of his life. Now, how do we understand this? That just once he chanted without any offense and that was sufficient to completely cleanse him of all sinful reactions and in future protect him from uh, going to hell or being taken by the Yamadutas for all his sinful activities which he continued to commit even after he uh, named his son Narayana or began chanting the name of Narayana. So it's explained here, there is an example given. A fig tree does not immediately yield fig fruits, but in time the fruits are available. Somebody sows a fig seed and cultivates a, a fig tree. It takes time. Immediately you don't get the fig fruits. But in course of time, if the tree is continuing to grow, finally matures and produces the fruit, then one can enjoy the fruits. Similarly, uh, Ajamila's devotional service grew little by little and therefore, although he committed very sinful acts, the reactions did not affect him. Why? Because in the Shastras it is said, if one chants the holy name of the Lord even once, the reactions of past, present or future sinful life do not affect him. If somebody chants the holy name of the Supreme Lord even once, offenselessly, then such chanting can completely purify the person of all uh, past sinful reactions and protects the person completely such that the future sinful activities do not affect him and also the present sinful activities don't touch him. This is the result of once chanting the holy name of the Supreme Lord offenselessly. So now you realize what is the importance of chanting offenselessly. That is the protection even for the future that certainly nullifies all our past sinful reactions. Okay, that's understood. But it also makes us immune to sinful reactions which we may be presently committing or which, may, which we may commit in the future. Because let us say somebody has chanted once the holy name of the Supreme Lord offenselessly. As long as one is in the material world, there is a possibility one may somehow commit some sin. So what about that reaction? What about that reaction? That reaction one is already become in, uh, immune. What is the example given? A nice example is given here. <clears throat> to give another example, if one extracts the poison fangs of a serpent, a poisonous snake, this saves the serpent's future vic victims from poisonous effects, even if the serpent bites repeatedly. Nice example. If there is a poisonous snake, if the poison fangs have been completely removed, the biting will not have fatal effect. There is no poison there. Similarly, if a person who has once, even once chanted the holy name of the Supreme Lord offenselessly, then that person's actions in the future will not give him any reaction. 
even though they may appear to be sinful activities they may appear to be sinful activities they do not have any reaction that means what does offenseless chanting even once do to the person that's why please remember chanting is not just atonement what does chanting do purify the heart completely of all sinful tendencies now this happens if you chant offenselessly to chant offenselessly so what is it that we want by chanting hare krishna an intelligent person does not want just somehow to engage in some auspicious activity or somehow nullify reactions of the past sins somehow uh, stop sinning no remember the goal should be that i am chanting to completely purify my heart of even all the sinful tendencies to commit sin what is this tendency to commit sin the desire for material enjoyment the desire for material enjoyment of any kind so till we have that intent of chanting we don't become serious about chanting offenselessly that's why shrinanartam das thakur in one song he says vishaya chadiya give up this business of sense gratification and you have to make a conscious effort sincere effort to do that vishaya chadiya and after that sera se majiya mukhe bolo hari hari then you try to relish the chanting of the holy name of the supreme lord doesn't mean that you don't chant before you become completely free from all sinful activities but the intent should be i may be i might have been engaging in sinful activities in the past if i begin chanting hari krishna i should understand that this chanting is very 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 powerful and therefore i should chant without any offense without any offense even just once if i chant i am completely purified without any chance of again committing any sinful activity even though i may be in the material world even though i am associating with unintentionally with other people who may be sinful so uh, chanting is actually effective if in the core of our heart we have the desire and very sincerely we make all attempts to avoid offenses completely while chanting hari krishna and one more important thing is after having chanted the holy name even once completely offenselessly one should continue to chant the holy name it's not that oh i chanted once offenselessly now in future also i am immune to sinful activities so i can continue to do sinful activities because i am immune no so after having chanted offenselessly one continues to avoid all offenses one continues to uh, um, be free from all sinful activities so what is the protection then it is for any accidental that's what shri krishna says in the bhagavad gita apichetsu duracharo bhajate mam ananya bhag even if a person commits the most abominable sinful activity but if he is engaged in 
undeviated devotional service. What is that undeviated devotional service for us particularly? According to the Bhagavatam. It is to constantly chant the holy name of the Supreme Lord without offense, without any sinful activities, without committing any sin. So, this is the real protection. This, is, this should be the intent of chanting Hare Krishna. So, it says here, therefore, if a devotee chants the holy name of the Lord even once inoffensively, this protects him eternally, he need only wait for the results of the chanting to mature in due course of time. Now, don't think that if somebody is chanted inoffensively just once, then immediately he will see the result of such inoffensive chanting. That means that purification that has happened may not manifest externally in his activities, just like it happened in the case of Jamila. He became completely purified when he named his son Narayana. But he continued to apparently do sinful activities even after that. So it is said here, the result of the complete purification due to even once chanting the holy name in completely offenselessly may not be seen externally immediately. It is definitely going to uh, show the effect in course of time when the person has sufficiently become mature in devotional service. So Ajamila, he became purified when he named his son Narayana and he simply had to wait till his death by which time he had thousands of times chanted the name Narayana, 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 Narayana. So, his devotional service matured because of his constantly chanting. After naming his son Narayana, he constantly chanted the name Narayana. And as far as, as, far as the actual effect of those sinful activities which he without any intention, without any conscious, uh, in a conscious way, unconsciously committed sinful activities. Those uh, reactions were, he was immune to those reactions because he had completely become purified inside his heart. So, what is the lesson for us? The lesson for us is certainly we must take up chanting Hare Krishna even if somebody may be engaged in sinful activities and must strenuously try to sincerely give up all sinful activities because should try to chant offenselessly. So, offenselessly chanting means not committing sinful activities consciously. So, consciously avoid all sinful activities. Consciously chant continuously. Continuously, consciously chant the Supreme Lord's name. Consciously engage in devotional service as much as possible. Consciously avoid all material activities. Sinful activities need not be taken as just those activities which violate the laws of nature. For a devotee, sinful activity is any activity, whether pious or sinful, aimed at material gain, material uh, pleasure, material enjoyment, material purpose. That means we have to perform activities only for the sake of pleasing Vishnu. We should do all activities as yajnarthat karmanaha. All activities tadartham karma kaunteya, simply for pleasing Vishnu, simply for pleasing Krishna. Consciously, with all efforts, with all sincerity, every activity we simply do for the sake of pleasing Vishnu. Mukta Sangha Samachara. That will ensure that we become completely free from all uh, 
material influence even though we are in the material world even though we may be associating with materialistic persons sometimes not out of choice but out of some uh, necessity <clears throat> obligation so this is the attitude of chanting hari krishna that we learn from this ajamila upakhyan carefully note how we should chant what should be the intent what should be the effort even though in ajamila's case it's not very evident that he strenuously tried to avoid sin he strenuously was trying to he was consciously avoiding offenses he was consciously doing something no what is the uh, reason why ajamila named his son narayana it is simply the supreme lord's mercy upon him why because of his past devotional service again you see the the real uh, result of having done that past uh, devotional service to narayana before he became sinful hmm? that result was not seen immediately again you see otherwise he could have been prevented from falling off from his platform of devotional service he was engaged in devotional service very nicely but he fell down so this is an accidental fall down and even after an accidental fall down the lord is completely protecting him supreme lord is protecting him because he has performed devotional service lord is protecting him so those engaged in devotional service very sincerely can be assured of complete protection by the lord even in the future if there is even an accidental fall down still the protection is there and how did the lord protect he gave a jamila the direction from within his heart name your son narayana and then he also gave him affection for his youngest son who was named narayana and he also gave him the intelligence to call the son narayana 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 not any short name not any nickname name not any alternate name you see all this is the mercy of the lord it is not possible because he was not conscious he was not aware so if we sincerely do devotional service even a little even a little and thereby attract the attention of the supreme lord by nicely doing very sincerely doing in any circumstance it doesn't matter just particular situation doesn't matter just once you sincerely call out the name of the lord hare krishna sincerely call out then you attract the attention of krishna krishna thinks oh this person has chanted my name calling out for me now he is under my protection eternally he will never fall down i will never allow him to fall down. even if he falls he is completely protected nothing will happen to him so therefore uh, we should be careful not to criticize people who have done some devotional service in the past very sincerely but might have fallen down now and may not be even chanting may not be even doing any service but we should be careful not to criticize them because they are all protected by the lord personally so if we criticize them it is vaishnava aparadh it is vaishnava aparadh so while we are struggling to chant purely somebody who has already chanted purely even once they are top most platform of devotees even though externally it appears like what are their activities 
ordinary materialist act activities are they chanting every day no they come into temple no are they eating prasadam no all your list of what all you are doing you verify that person oh no past he was a devotee see what happened to him he is completely fallen now and i try to tell him please please come to the temple please chant he is not chanting he is not coming to the temple so we criticize we don't know we may be criticizing somebody who is personally being protected by the lord and thereby completely immune to whatever is doing we may not be in that position yet because we are not even once chanted hari krishna purely we not even once rendered pure service sincere devotional service so therefore it becomes very important that whatever devotional service we do whether it is honoring prasadam whether it is worshiping the deity whether it is doing kirtan whether it is chanting the japa hari krishna mantra japa any visiting a holy place like vrindavan especially the personal place of the personal pastimes of the personal lord you have to do it with full sincerity full attention full consciousness do it nicely whatever you do even once you do it attracting the attention of the supreme lord you have become perfect that's it now you can't be too sure somebody will say oh prabhu many times i have gone very sincerely i have chanted many times you can't be too sure about it you can't be too sure about it don't be over confident don't be proud so therefore you should continuously endeavor to chant to hear to do whatever devotional service very sincerely very nicely with full attention and carefully avoid especially vaishnava aparad of all the offenses vaishnava aparad is the most grievous offense vaishnava aparad that's why number 1 what is number 1 offense among 10 offenses there are 10 kinds of offenses one may commit number 1 is to blaspheme devotees who have dedicated their life for chanting hari krishna now who have dedicated is not accurate actually who might have dedicated in the past who will dedicate in the future because this chanting is effective whether one chants today or has chanted in the past offenselessly or going to chant in the future it is effective that person is a potential devotee so even such a person is protected somebody is going to chant in the future is also protected because all his sins which is committing now will completely be wiped out over finished very sinful reaction going to even touch him so in that sense you see i think i'm running out of time last point uh, chaitanya mahaprabhu's one devotee what's his name he prayed to the supreme uh, lord he prayed to lord chaitanya let me suffer for all the sinful reactions of all the suffering souls because i can't bear to see their suffering somehow they are not stopping sinful activities they are not chanting but i can't bear to see their suffering let me take all those sins let me suffer let them be freed and let them be delivered what is his name vasudevadatta so what is the spirit of vasudevadatta try to understand vasudevadatta is respectful to every living entity because potentially any living entity can take up chanting hari krishna and become freed from all sinful reactions this is the respect is showing you see this is the indication of his respecting even future devotees anybody is a potential devotee even the most sinful person is a potential devotee even the most demoniac person is a sinful is a potential devotee because krishna says mamai vamsho jeevaloke jeevabhuta sanatanah yena bhutani asheshani drakshasi atmani atomai 
transcendental knowledge, fourth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Krishna says, all living entities are my part and parcel. They belong to me and they are mine. So this vision means we have to learn how to respect every living entity as part and parcel of Krishna, as devotee of Krishna. Though presently they may not be seen to be doing devotional service, presently they may not be engaged in any kind of devotional activities, doesn't matter. Learn to respect every living being. This is a perfection of Vaishnava uh, behavior. Learn to respect every living being. So first of all, learn to respect all Vaishnavas. But this who is a Vaishnava, potentially everyone is a Vaishnava. So gradually we learn to respect all living entities. So Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur summarizes the goal of a devotee's life is Jivedaya Name Ruchi. So develop compassion for all living entities as part and parcel of Krishna, belonging to Krishna, Krishna's own. And we should actually develop taste for chanting the holy name so that we may constantly, nicely chant Hare Krishna and become perfect very quickly. So we'll stop here. Vrindara Srimad Bhagavatam ki jaya, Srila Prabhupada ki jaya.